Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this football season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code GET100. That's code GET100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Drivers, start your engines! What's going on, FA Nation? Welcome back. This is the Fantasy Alarm NASCAR DFS podcast. I am Dan Malin, joined by Matt Sells, and we are streaming through the Better Sports Network app. Matt, how's it going? We are previewing, uh, I guess this would just be the second mile and a half intermediate trial, I guess what they would call the cookie cutter of NASCAR tracks. Yeah, Vegas is the only other one they've run on. Yeah, it's hard to believe that we're over two and a half months into the season, and this is only the second cookie cutter that we've that they've actually run. It's the third for the trucks, uh, which are racing later today. We are recording this Saturday afternoon. We have yet to see practice and qualifying for the Cup Series. Uh, that will be later today. Matt will have the full playbook out with the drivers, uh, and once we get practice notes as well. But in the meantime, we are here to preview uh, Kansas Speedway. Uh, Matt, do you want to give us a quick breakdown on this track? Yeah, so uh, as we just said, it is a mile and a half, so it is an intermediate track. I mean, if you want to count Auto Club as an intermediate, I guess it's technically the third, but um, they will be in the intermediate package. We saw that at Dover last week. We've seen it at Vegas. We saw it at Auto Club. Um I mean, Atlanta isn't really like we're not counting Atlanta as an intermediate at this point because they race in the plate package. Um, But this is I don't know if it's Homestead or Kansas, but one of them is my favorite intermediate tracks of the year because of how the racing is on the track. This track puts it squarely in the driver's hands. There's generally speaking two or three grooves at this track. There's going to be slipping and sliding hot temps this weekend in KC, like 90 degree temps. We got Already saw trucks sliding all over the place um, earlier on Saturday morning, and that wasn't even the heat of the day. So, um, should be should be a fun time at Kansas. We should see a decent amount of passing. I would say the intermediate package is generally provided more passing um, than the short track one. So, you know, just because a guy is starting up front or in the back doesn't mean that they're locked in at this point to, you know, where they're going to finish. So it is a, it is a very fun track for DFS. We've had pretty good luck here. It is also a track where you can see a guy dominate a race here. We've seen that uh, previously uh, last year's, I think fall race saw a little bit more shakeup 
uh, than one guy dominating the whole thing, but you can see one guy run out and hide here. It has happened before. Do you think the track conditions for practice and qualifying will get better? Uh, the ARCA race is running right now. Trucks have already done practice and qualifying, but they will have a little extra rubber on the track uh, with the ARCA race running uh, as of right now at 2.20 in the afternoon uh, Eastern time. Do you think that'll have uh, at least make it a little better for the Cups to go out and practice and qualify? So it'll be interesting because the ARCA tires are different. Okay. It's a rubber compound um so you might see group a having a little bit more trouble because it's not as um conducive that rubber is not as conducive to finding grip on the track group b might be able to put up better time because now you've had a whole 20 minute period of um group a going and then trucks will run on on it saturday night the only problem is if there's overnight rain or morning rain which is washes it away it'll wash it away um so there is that there is that concern um not to mention that practice and qualifying for cup series is a couple hours later than they'll be running the race so the temp's going to be a little cooler um you'll be a little closer to storms rolling in that are forecast at least uh than you might be on sunday afternoon so they'll be similar but not uh not exactly the same uh let's talk contest selection i think once again for me um i don't know like i haven't played cash games too much lately uh, i didn't last week at dover just because there were so many unknowns uh, getting the weather and we just couldn't really take anything away from the practice notes um i currently am mostly just gonna be playing the chrome horn once again it's a four dollar 20 max might mix in a little bit of cash games if I can land on a lineup that I like. I don't want to force it, though. I've actually had a good amount of success and just kind of enjoyed, you know, throwing $80 at the Chrome Horn on DraftKings. I still have some bankroll left over for FanDuel, so I do need to take advantage of the funds over there. But, you know, <clears throat> this this is a standard mile-and-a-half track. You know, uh, I had a pretty good DFS day at Vegas, I would say, of all the, you know, trioval 1.5-mile tracks. Vegas and Kansas are probably the closest uh, – the closest to each other um so this seems like a week where it's like no contest type is off the table you can play 20 max you can play 150 max if you have it cash games are definitely live single entries three entry max like you know i would advise people to just like you know not necessarily limit yourself always play within your means but this is this is a week where you can play tournaments cash games single entry multi-entry like it's all on the table correct yeah this is a weekend obviously we're talking before qualifying um but especially if somebody has an issue with qualifying, cash is absolutely on the table. Yeah. Uh, a few years ago, we saw like half the field bail tech, and most of those guys were like in the top 15 after qualifying, and then they just shot up and moved through the field anyway. So um, everything is on the table here. Obviously, don't go nuts. This is not a weekend to say, oh, these guys love contest selection, so I'm going to blow everything. No, we, <laughs> you know, you, you don't do that. You still play within your means, still be – disciplined in your approach um because again anything can happen it's nascar when guys are driving 200 miles an hour anything can go wrong right or brennan pool can you know break in the entry to a corner and cause a problem for everybody else on track uh <laughs> no so i would still play within the means but yeah every contest is uh viable this week you know, when we look at the two races at Kansas last year, uh, they were won by 23XI Racing with Kurt Busch winning the spring race, Bubba Wallace winning the fall race, which was, 
you know, kind of a good moment for him to kind of silence all the naysayers and people that were doubting his previous Talladega win. Do you expect 23XI, maybe even the Toyotas in general with JGR, do you expect them to be very competitive this week? Martin Truex Jr. is coming off his first win in over a year and a half. So he's got a little bit of momentum, but this has also been a track where Denny's been very good as well. Christopher Bell, I think, got his first uh, career Xfinity Series win at Kansas. You know, like, obviously, you know, the, the driver that everyone's going to want to know about is going to be Tyler Reddick because this is a track where it should fit his driving style and this team and the car that he's in won this race a year ago. Yeah, uh, I am loving the Toyotas this week, to be perfectly honest. I think there's a lot of good mojo happening with Toyota. A, they've been consistently fast in the mile-and-a-half package for more than a year now. If you look up green flag speeds, Christopher Bell is top of the chart over the last year-and-a-half on mile-and-a-half. Uh, tracks so I mean it's reflected in his last three finishes here of eighth fifth and third in the cup series Denny has been good at JGR and then his team has like you said won the last two races here Tyler Reddick dominated in the eight car or was supposed to dominate before he ran into some trouble last year in both races uh, in the eight car so can his domination in a Chevy merge with the domination of the Toyota in the 2311 camp and produce a good outcome? I don't know. Then what do you do with Kyle Busch, who's now in the eight car, right? Obviously not a Toyota driver, but there is that interesting uh, piece there. So I, I'm liking Toyota quite a lot. They also have that news that they're, you know, uh, what is it? Legacy Motor Club is joining the Toyota <clears throat> next, next year. Um, so there's a lot of good mojo happening with Toyota. And this is a track that's generally speaking right in their wheelhouse. And I think the one guy that we didn't really touch on in any capacity was Ty Gibbs. And yeah. that kid has just been a top 10 machine. of late. And you can make the argument that he had a, he did have a top five car last week at Dover. Uh, yes. But I think, you know, fuel eventually became a concern because they realized they were going to be about seven laps short. They did get a caution, but they needed a little extra time to really top off the fuel. And so I, I can't remember where he finished. I don't think he got a top 10, but he has been pretty steadily over the last what seems like five or six races finishing in the top 10. Uh, I remember I've seen iFantasy Racing tweet out numerous times this past week or two that he's been one of the more consistent finishers of late. So definitely don't want to sleep on finished 13th at Dover. Just outside the top 10, and he easily had a top five car. That car was fast uh, all day, and I felt bad because I told somebody in our Discord to take him out of their cash lineup before, but – uh, I do think that they still had William Byron, so they they compensated and collected plenty of dominator points. But uh, so the big conversation this week has been, you know, the Toyotas versus the uh, Chevys and more specifically Hendrick Motorsports. Which Hendrick drivers do you think we're just going to look at to assume they go out and dominate? William Byron is probably the one. All of them. Okay. <laughs> Even Chase I mean, Elliott, who hasn't really blown us out of the water since he came back from his injury. Yeah, but like he's been – He's been getting faster is the thing. Like, I thought last week he had a very solid race. Sure, he technically finished one spot below where he started, but mm-hmm. I thought it was a reasonable a reasonable race. And he's been pretty good at Kansas. Like, his average finish, to give you an idea, okay, here are one, two, three, Four, five, six. Here's the top six average finishers over the last eight Kansas races. Okay. Denny Hamlin is one. It's 
Truex is second at 7.6. Bowman, third at 8.3. Larson is right there at 8.7. Chase Elliott is at 8.9. And Byron is at 10.0. So you want to tell me which Hendrick driver we're splitting hairs over here? <laughs> like, like, they've all been good here. Okay, we, we, Like, Larson, we've seen win from the pole. Um, we've seen them all run really well. Obviously, Bowman is not in the car um, this week. Josh Berry is. But Josh Berry pulled off a bunch of top tens with Chase's car and looked good again in Bowman's car last week. So I, I don't have a problem playing any of them. Like, now, if you uh, really want a dominator, I would probably give the lead to Byron. I mean, I would too, just because – what he's done has been just from the eyeball test. It looks like he is the one that just has the most comfort in the car at the time. And he's just showing up with speed every week. I mean, if, if we're going to talk about Vegas as a comparable track, you know, he won the race after starting P2 on the front row at Vegas uh, two months ago, led 176 laps, uh, 59 fastest laps. You know, it was 117 points on DraftKings. And this is a week after he led 193 laps at Dover with 57 fastest laps. Now he didn't win, but he did finish fourth. It, it was kind of interesting. Like the car was super fast through the first two stages. And then it just seemed to still had top 10 speed, but it was just clear that there were other cars that, you know, just had the better adjustments. And I don't know what happened to Byron's car, but it just lost that top overall speed. But yeah, I'm kind of with you that I would personally favor Byron just because he's been consistently the most, the fastest driver of the four. Now, in fairness, we didn't get to see what Larson could have done had he gotten to the front True. of the pack. He was flying uh, when he was knocked out, which again, yeah. I know a lot of people want to crap on Ross Chastain, but if you watch the replays, I think Brennan Poole actually checked up going into the corner, which gave Ross Chastain zero time not to punt him through the corner. Um but I would still favor Byron. Uh, you're also getting a little bit of a price benefit there over Larson, a few hundred bucks. But you could pair Josh Barry with any of the three Hendrick guys, the other three Hendrick guys, and be just fine. That's going to be a popular combination, I would think. What's your approach with Penske going to be this week? It's getting to the point where I'm only comfortable playing Ryan Blaney, and even then I'm still weary at times because, you know, we've seen – that team struggle at this kind of track. Um, I yeah. remember Denny Hamlin saying on his podcast earlier in the year that he doesn't expect Penske or many of the Fords to be able to compete and contend simply because, you know, it's, it's just the aerodynamics of, of their cars and that body. Like it just, there's too much drag on the cars, but yeah. Laney's coming in. He finished third last week. He was second at Talladega. And then I believe he was also seventh at Martinsville the week before that. You know, he's posted at least 50 points in each of the last three races. But, you know, I kind of lean into Hamlin's logic here. Unless Blaney's on the pole and can get some early dominators and potentially finish top five, top ten, I don't have a ton of confidence in the Penske drivers, but Blaney would be the one that I feel the best about. Yeah, I'm kind of there with you with all of the Fords in general. Like when we've, when we've seen them on mile-and-a-half tracks or intermediates um, or things where arrow is important it's really it's been really hard to count on them as a group yeah. this year i mean kevin harvick's probably the second best guy that we're counting on in the ford camp especially Maybe because that, it it's just another week where kevin harvick isn't as expensive as he probably should be right and like you're not there's not a ton of hey we're expecting him to win but he could 
land another top 10 and pay off, right? That's like all we're really expecting from Kevin Harvick. And for Ryan Blaney, can you count on a top 10? I mean, the recent, like Dover says, yes, okay. But Dover, they were in the mile and a half package, but that's not a comparable track. Obviously, it's one mile. It's highly banked. It's nuts. Um, Auto Club was not a great day for him. He had some issues. <clears throat> Vegas, he went backwards. Wasn't great, right? So, and I know we can't really count um, Atlanta because it's a plate track. But again, seventh. Okay, it's a plate track. It's more like Dayton and Talladega where we've expected him to do well, right? Um and historically speaking, Blaney hasn't done all that well here. Logano in general hasn't done well. In fact, I think Kislowski might have the last win for Ford at this track, and that was when he snuck in and won eight races ago. Um, or Logano, Logano might have. Logano has it, but it's like five races since he's yeah. won here. Um. So I'm with you. I, I really need to see something from Fords this week before I'm fully counting on them in builds. Does the same kind of apply with, you know, the rest of Stuart Haas racing as well? Like we're okay with Kevin Harvick, but we need to see something from the likes of Chase Briscoe, Eric Almarola, and Ryan Priest. Like Ryan Priest, uh, it, it's it not a short like... track. So we're <laughs> a little down on Priest. <laughs> I was going to ask because, you know, I was pretty high on some of those SHR guys. Like Ryan Priest was a pretty obvious play last week. He started 30th and finished 17th, you know, so, you know, you squeeze 39 points out of him at, at the price tag of 6,900, but you know, Eric Almarola has looked pretty putrid this year. I mean, yeah, he should have retired last year. Sorry, dude. But like, yeah. And isn't he locked in for another year potentially? Yeah. <laughs> Not great. I mean, I also really want to try and, like, get back on the Chase Briscoe horse because, you know, he didn't have a terrible month of April, although he finished 30th at Dover. But, again, it's it's just so hard given that this is a track where the Fords have not performed well. Uh, and so, really, the, the two Fords that I think we're in agreement are just, you know, you can feel okay about Blaney and Harvick, but the upside lies with JGR, 23XI, and probably Hendrick. Yeah. I mean, it's gonna it's gonna not be fun because those are gonna be the popular. So you're going to have to squeeze some weird dudes into lineups to get different yeah. here because everybody, you know, the the pool is what it is, right? It's the same thirty six to forty drivers every week, except for the dudes who shift in, but they're almost never a consideration, right? Unless you're on like a road course or a plate track. So if everybody knows that Hendrick has been very good here and the Toyotas have been good here, hell, NASCAR.com on the front page of their site has the hunt for a three-peat going across as the main article earlier this week talking about 2311. So even NASCAR is going nuts for 2311 here. We're going to have to get different, and unfortunately just using those two Fords probably won't help. So you're going to have to sneak in guys like – Busher and Brad and I do want to. I did want to get your opinion on the RFK drivers, only because this team, from where they were at a year ago, it's almost like they've done a complete 180. You know, Busher did get a win at Bristol late in the year last year, but and I think last week is the first time that two drivers from RFK or this organization finished in the top ten 
in many years. But there is speed with these cars, and, yes. but they are Fords. Um, but again, like if we're talking about who we're going to pay for at seventy three hundred, Busher seems like a Busher is a far better play than Almarola and probably Austin Cindric and arguably Ryan Priest, but, you know, it depends on where everyone's starting. But in terms of pure speed, like, I haven't really had too many issues, like, had, you know, filing a comp- complaint against, you know, Kislowski and Busher for what they've done in that equipment. Yeah, I think you may actually find some value in that range with Kislowski and Busher, given the fact that on DK you have Logano at 8,400, Kislowski at 82, Suarez might be intriguing at eight grand. Ty Gibbs that we already talked about, 7,800. Josh Berry is 7,700, so people trying to get cheap Hendrick guys are going to be all over Josh Berry, right? Briscoe, 75. Uh, you know, I think more people probably play Busher than Briscoe. Uh, Priest is 72. Stenhouse is intriguing at seven grand. And somehow, when you least expect it, Austin Dillon usually shows up at, a, at one intermediate track a year. <laughs> I like when he won Texas. Yeah, like he yeah. like I, I don't I don't know. Austin Dillon usually like when you least expect it and you're like, ah, he hasn't historically done well here. Like but maybe he already did that at Auto Club when he finished right. I, I I don't I don't know. Because at Vegas he didn't look very good. No. Um so we'll see. But there's there's definitely some intriguing <clears throat> value and the the value tier is really going to be the where you're going to differentiate yourself. You're going to have to hit on that budget guy. Sadly, because of the nature of this this race and what we kind of know what to expect at this type of track, it seems like we kind of know who the value plays are going to be. Um, like, I'll be going to Haley, I'm assuming. Uh, he's 5,800. I don't think that – the car has speed every week. Last yeah. week was a pretty disappointing performance because I remember early in stage one, he got into like the top 16 and looked fast. But then it, I think it was just a case of every other team and car made the adjustments and they got caught up to him. And so he finished outside the top 20. Um, I always get Almondinger wrong, especially last week. He started 29th and finished 18th. I never feel great about playing the college guys, but you know I do like mixing in Haley because like on any week that car could have speed and he could finish top 10. Corey LaJoy in the value range, 5,600. He hit 9x value last week uh, when he started. I was going to say, he has it between Vegas, Auto Club, and Dover, the three tracks where they use the intermediate package so far. He's finished no worse than 20th. Yeah. And so, you know, Corey LaJoy, just because he is a relatively clean driver, um, and somehow he can sneak away with a top 15 like he did last week too. Yeah. And then we'll probably go to Gilliland as well. But it's like, you know, I think we have enough of a sample size this year where it's like, I don't want to play Eric Jones and I don't want to play Noah Gregson because that team sucks and they can't figure it out. Oh, this is haircut, but you know, (laughs) the bowl cut. It's so, it's horrendous. Um, But he, he owns it and he leans into it. So good for him. But I I think in the value tier and it it, sure practice and qualifying could maybe, you know, give us another, another driver, driver to consider, but like, it's just, we know who we're probably going to land on. And I hate it at this time of year. Cause we're, we're giving the same 40 drivers every week, essentially. And, and we kind of know which are the valuable or the reliable value plays. Yep. Exactly. So I don't, it's going to be interesting to see who the highest played dude, like between 9,000 and up 
is on DK, to be perfectly honest. Do you think it will more likely be a dominator or one of these guys that maybe has their like qualifying time disallowed and they have to start at the back? Well, if that happens, then surely they're going to be... It's the PD guy. It's the PD guy, right? Yeah. But you've got Larson, Byron, Hamlin, Reddick, Bell, Truex, Chase, Chastain, Kyle Busch, Blaney, and Bubba are all 9K or above on DK. And all of them have a claim to be in that range, except for maybe Blaney. Because the, the three Hendrick guys that are in there, they've all dominated well here, mm -hmm. right? Reddick was fast as all get out last year before, A, getting caught up in somebody else's wreck in one of them, and B, having a tire go down in the other one. Hamlin has been starting to show speed. It's also Toyota. His teammate – or his the team that he owns has also been fast, right? Bubba won here. Um, Reddick's also in the car that won here last spring. Uh, Chastain is the points leader and has been fast despite, you know, maybe doing it the wrong way. He's been fast. Um, and Kyle Busch has been resurgent this year. So two wins, baby. You can make an argument for all of them potentially being dominators, which is going to make the top of this board very interesting to, to see. Can you put two of them together? Maybe you're gonna to have to pick the right mid tier and value tier guys if you're going with two over nine K. But I, I think you can get away with it. Uh what are your thoughts on and I hate to I know we're at the point of the podcast where we should probably be talking my own strategy and we'll get to that, but I am curious what you think about Daniel Suarez. Uh, because he got off to a really good start this year. Uh seventh at Daytona, he was top five at Auto Club. And he finished 10th at Vegas after he started 24th. Since then, it's been a pretty rough go, aside from a top 10 at Talladega. And last week, I was actually pretty overweight on Daniel Suarez because I didn't think anybody was going to play him starting P15. I loved the speed initially because it looked like he could finish top 10, maybe even top 5. And then he kind of screwed himself by getting loose early on, and he wrecked himself out of the race, and he finishes 35th. So that instantly killed about five of my 20 lineups. Um, he did get a top 10 here in the in the fall of last year, after he started 15th, um, in the spring race, he finished outside the top 30. What is more likely to happen with Suarez this week? Can we get another top 10 out of him? Or is this a week where he just doesn't have current form on his side and we should probably just focus solely on his teammate rather than him? Well, let me put it this way. I put Daniel, Daniel Suarez with a top 10 finish at plus 160 in my picks-wise betting piece that uh -huh. came out on Friday. So, I also think that because of last week's result and because he had a pretty poor April, that maybe even lowers his ownership even more. Correct. Uh, comparable tracks, though, you know, earlier this year, like you said, Auto Club in Vegas, he he finished top ten inside the top ten at both of them. So there's speed there. He knows how to do it. He's had two top eleven finishes in the last four races here. So, you know, I I think last weekend was a weird one with him spinning. I just think the track was in a weird spot. He spun early in the race. Um, he wasn't I, the only one either. No, he's not the only one. And that was, it was just a weird race weekend. It was a, it was a weird opening so, stage. So do I expect him to win? No, but could we get a top 10 from him? Yeah. I, 
I don't I don't see why not. I mean, he's in the Chevy camp. His teammates got speed, so I would be I'm fine with him, you know, projecting as a top ten finish guy. Uh, what is lineup construction going to look like this week? Is it mostly going to be a two-dominator build, uh, mix in a couple solo dominators as well? We've seen that happen before, although I've been less inclined to go with solo dominator builds. Yeah, um, we haven't seen that very much in the next-gen right. era. We've seen like, more so. Remember those days when Brad Keselowski and Martin Truex could lead 450 laps at Martinsville? Yeah, that hasn't happened, right? Yeah, we're not, we probably don't get it in this car. No. Um you know, there's 267 laps in the race on Sunday. I would expect I would expect one guy to maybe lead 100 and then, you know, a couple others in the 50 lap, you know, 50 to 70 lap range or so. That's pretty much what we saw. I don't think anybody cracked leading 100 laps last year. Uh, I think the most we saw in one race was 90-something um, last year at Kansas. So, and, and you know, yes, Byron has gone out. Now, if you're going to build a solo dominator, I think one of the Hendrick guys can go out and flat out dominate the race. Like, we saw Byron do it twice so far this year. Um, but I, I'm probably going, if I'm building 10 lineups, I'm going to have six or seven be two dominators and the other ones be solo dominators knowing that if you miss on a solo dominator, you're going to be dead in the water. Uh, no chance at like a three dominator build, or do you just think not think it's viable? I don't think it's like if you're talking about 267 laps and you're talking about three dominators, it's like 80-something laps a guy, Yeah, which makes a difference, but it's not like if you miss on one of the dudes leading 80 laps, it's not going to kill you. If you miss on a guy leading 150, it, you're not winning a tournament. You may still hit the money line, but everything else has to go right for you. So um, in this case, by the way, over the last 10 races at Kansas, 80% of the winners have come from the top 10. So if you're looking to have the winner in your lineup, they've come from the top 10 starting spots three races ago. Larson came from the pole to win. Um, one of the guys that didn't win in the top 10 started 13th. So it's not like they were terribly far back. The other one was 23rd, but that was the infamous race in which basically the they took the top 20 and flipped them because everybody failed tech inspection. Oh, that's right. Right? Like, if you look at that one, basically the entire top 10 started outside the top 20 in that race. So that one's kind of an outlier. Um, Typically speaking, there's not a ton of cautions here, but if it's being if it's going to be slick, we'll see more. We could see some tire, some tire issues because heat builds up in the tires. Could right. see that. So um, it's not going to be pure chaos, but we are going like well, probably two dominators and the rest some PD plays. All right. Well, Matt, uh, that was a pretty solid Kansas uh, preview for this weekend's action. Best of luck to you this week and best of luck to the FA Nation. Best of luck, FA Nation. Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this football season? Test your skills on prize picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 
into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code GET100. That's code GET100 at prizepicks.com/get100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.